Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Lots of cricket to talk about, as usual, with the County Championship full steam ahead. And actually with some additional players, the likes of Joe Root and Ben Stokes now playing in that competition. So it's very much at full strength without, of course, one or two of those IPL players still doing their business for the IPL franchises going on at the same time. And we're also in this show going to hear from one of English cricket's great characters who was our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club on Tuesday night. I got to 42, I think, before it's at Lord's at lunchtime, myself and Amy opened, and you know, you know what it's like. I, I congratulated myself. I thought I've done brilliantly here. I, in fact, I'll have a pint of lager, and, and so I did. And uh, no, I way. Was, no way, no yeah, way. Yosra will know that all on the <laughs> there was yeah. beer all on the table also, and I'll tell you what beers they were. They were double diamond. Bass White Shield, I think it was, Mackison, Watney's Red Barrel, and you could have a, yeah, I thought I'll have a lager. Yeah, and and I got, I think Prasanna got me out, caught Eknath Solkar, short leg. Just after lunch? Yes, just after lunch. Well, I've not heard that story before from Bumble, from, from David Lloyd. That was his test debut, his test debut in June 1974. He had a pint at lunchtime. It seems almost incredible these days, you know, with, with all the advice about, you know, how alcohol and athletic activity doesn't mix. And you talk about, you know, top level international sport. And it's one of his thoughts I've coming up, uh, successfully negotiated the first session. I'm going to have a pint at lunchtime. And of course, it, it led to his undoing. But I mean, according to you, Yoz, this, this sort of thing was quite regular back in the day, wasn't it? Actually, um, Garfield sobered, you know, in I think it was the 73 Test Series, West Indies, uh, he actually uh, retired hurt 
um, kind of through fatigue, I think, in one of his innings in that test match at Lords and went off and needed to be revived with a brandy. Had a brandy, went back out there, carried on. And they're, they're very much at Lords. They always did. Certainly in the early days when I played uh, at Lords in county cricket, they did put drinks, beers, bottles of beer on the tables at lunchtime. They also did, in fact, in Yorkshire as well. And, of course, it had to be Tetley's. Uh, it was frowned upon if you actually attempted to open one of these bottles of beer, but they were there. And I actually remember, I mean, some players did sample it sometimes. And I remember on one occasion, Phil Edmonds, the left-arm spinner for Middlesex in England, he said to uh, Mike Gatting, the Middlesex captain, um, Gat, uh, actually, if you don't mind, I won't come up to the dining room for lunch because I've got a guest, a business acquaintance arriving for lunch. So I'm going to have lunch uh, in the dressing room with him. And I've ordered a bottle of claret. Sure enough, two glasses and the bottle arrived and he and his business acquaintance downed it and then he went back out there to, to field after lunch. So, it, you know, it was not a common feature of cricket in the 70s and 80s, but, it, it, well, it, it, it occurred, definitely. And I can sort of see why Bumble would have done that in, in 1974. Why not? You know, he probably would have done it back in Accrington. So why not do it at Lord's? Be yourself. And also that, I suppose, that feeling of like, you know, you've achieved something, isn't it? You've got through the session. What did he say? He was 42, not out, walking off at lunchtime. And he thought, oh, yeah, I'll reward myself. Uh, anyway, it just seemed, you heard my incredulity there in, in, in the middle of that story. Uh, did, I mean, did you ever have a, a drink during a game? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you had one, you know, in the oh, evening. I've got a terrible story to tell you about that. Uh, one time, and I'm, I'm I'm ashamed to admit this to any Middlesex fan, uh, but a Canterbury match, Kent against Middlesex, during the Canterbury Festival. So a lot of Kent fans will be familiar with the fact that during the Canterbury Festival, there are always marquees all round the ground at the St Lawrence Ground, what it used to be called the St Lawrence Ground. And each of those marquees was usually occupied by a beer, by a local beer, because it was a sort of brewery sort of festival kind of thing craft beers and so on and and there was a pims tent as well and middlesex were chasing 280 to win in the final innings and were coasting at 200 for two and it was coming up to my benefit year so i thought well i'll do a little stroll around the ground and stick my head into a few of these marquees collect up a few business cards because they could be potentially good supporters for my benefit year next year and so you get chatting and you uh, they say, well, would you like a drink? And so you say, oh, I'll have a half then. So you have a half a pint and then you go in the next one, another half a pint. Then you go in the Pims tent. Well, I better have a Pims. So I had a Pims. So I probably had, I don't know, two or three pints and a Pims in a sort of hour's perambulation around the ground. We lost a lot of wickets and suddenly I was next in with 10 to win off the last over. And Alan Eagleston, rest his soul, was bowling. Uh, I went out to face him, 10 to win, two wickets in hand. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I missed every ball. Well, there's a surprise. <laughs> My dad, I, no, that was no I different than normally batting, I, did, I didn't get out, but, oh. uh, well, I, you know, I batted at, I don't know, nine. It must have been, I must have been number nine that game. Um, you know, trying to get 10 to win. There was someone down the other end who was seeing it okay. I couldn't even get him on strike. I just kept sort of swishing and missing. So the match ended in a draw. Mm. 
So circumstances sort of contrived against you, really, because you didn't think you were going to have to bat. Because, you know, Bumble knew he was going to have to come out and bat in a test match uh, after the interval. Anyway, there we go. It's all, it, it feels like a different game. Although, you know, when you were watching it in the 70s, it felt, you know, pretty raw. I mean, you know, you've got you know, Thompson and Lilly steaming in. You've got these West Indies uh, fast bowlers in 1976. It numbs the pain, surely, if you have a bit of alcohol inside you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a very different game now. It does feel as if we're moving up, to moving towards the... Well, we are moving towards the, the first test match. The, the weather's good at the moment. Is that we're in this, what they call a, I don't know, mini heat wave. But it's actually been very dry. And we've been incredibly lucky, actually, uh, with the weather in April. I mean, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It does seem as if the weather patterns are changing. And, you know, probably come June, uh, it will be, will be rain interrupted. Uh, just the nature of the beast, really, and, and, and July and August. Um, there, was, there was a story, actually, that... Um, birds are laying their eggs much earlier now um spring has come three weeks earlier than normal mm. and birds are you know laying their their eggs in march and early april rather than late april and early may yeah yeah well ben stokes uh, gave his first interview this week as as england cricket captain i thought what was interesting i mean normally i mean i haven't looked at this sort of scientifically over the years but normally the england captain is, is introduced at lords I, mean, I know it's a long way to Durham, but those people who were involved in interviewing him had to you know, head up to, to Durham. I don't know whether he said, uh, look, there's no point in me coming all the way down to Lords. Let them come to me <laughs> you know, if they want their, their pearls of wisdom. I listened to his interview. What, what, what were some of the highlights? You know, he wants selfless cricketers. That was one thing that, that, that came out of it. Um, which you know, pretty much sort of sums him up in a way as well, isn't it? You know, prepared to sort of do almost anything uh, for the team. What else? Uh, he, t- he took on your suggestion of, of batting at number six. Uh, so I think that's where he's uh, settled on going to come in because he feels that's a good pivotal spot, which is exactly what you said, a game-changing spot. Yeah, and, and the, whole, the whole point of a, a lot of demands on him. And I, I can see, I can sort of see the sense in, in, in that for now. You do probably, you know, you do possibly lose something in his batting, but you might actually gain. You might, you know, he might play in that more, slightly more expansive, game-changing way at six, freed up. Uh, but you know, there's going to be a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot of focus on him in the same way there was on you know Andrew Flintoff and Ian Botham. But you know, he said, "Well, I've been I've been used to that comparison for all my life, haven't I?" And and but you know, just because he is an all-rounder doesn't mean to say it's going to go uh, the same way as it went uh, for those two. Actually, we've been looking at uh, you know Joe Root back in action today, haven't we? We've been looking at. Uh, England captains who've gone back into the ranks, and actually, it's actually the the um, it's it's generally what happens. It, it, it's not exceptional. It's generally it's the rule, isn't it? I mean, Atherton did, Hussein did for a while, uh, Alistair Cook did, Kevin Peterson did. Although his you know, reign was short-lived, Alex Stewart, David Gower, uh, Jeffrey was an England captain um, very briefly. He did obviously Graham Gooch, Andrew Flintoff, and there are only there are only two who are sort of exceptions to that: Strauss and Vaughan, who whose last test match uh, was you know, their last game as captain. Well, I suppose partly because they captained a little bit later in their careers. You know, Joe Root, I mean, he's only 31 now, and he's captain for five years. Uh, Atherton started captaining when he was 25. Yeah. Both of them started captaining when he was 25. You know, it's too young, actually, to be captain, I think, at that age, 25, 26. You haven't lived enough. You haven't experienced enough of the game. And, I mean, there's only one captain I can really think of who was ultimately very successful, having been named very young. And that's Graham Smith of South Africa, mm. who I think was named when he was about 22. Yeah. And he was he was a fantastic captain. But it's a rare thing when someone of that age can 
assume that amount of authority. So Stokes, to me, is at the right time in his career. He's done all sorts of things, good and bad. Uh, he's come out the other side and he's, what, 31? That's a perfect time to take over as captain. You've still got the energy, you've still got the skill, but you've got lots of experience to fall back on as well. Yeah, Route, route 31, Stokes 30. And, and he, one of the things he said, didn't he? He said, actually, the experiences I've been through will stand me in good stead. It will help me to understand players' strengths and also players' weaknesses as well. They're, you know, character flaws, whatever. You know, I've sort of been through the lot, and therefore I can help them. I can, you know, the, the good and the bad. Uh, really well it's it's going to be a, a fascinating era england worse or left i think with a, a choice of of one he's you know he's the natural uh, choice to take over from joe root as as we've been discussing whether he can turn england's uh, fortunes around i i think what what's interesting it's just that i mean whatever happens in a way england just is quite quite an interesting side to watch you never quite know what's going to happen next do you with i mean the highs and lows and actually we, it, it, it does come back to something that we, we discussed a while back, and I was pilloried for it when I said it, was this idea that this is the worst England team uh, since this, this century, actually. And it seems quite a bold thing to say, but it, the, the, the new rankings are out, aren't they? And, and England are at their lowest point since 1995. And I think 1995 was in the previous century. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it could well be this is the, you know, well, it is statistically the, the, the lowest ebb for England uh, this century. So there's, there's definite... Uh, room for improvement talking about the 90s of course who was England coach in the in the 1990s it was uh, David Bumble Lloyd who's now you know, he's retired from his Sky commentary role he's, he's actually commentating for on the on the Lancashire feed isn't he or, or has been commentating on the the Lancashire feed former Lancashire player of course yeah and, and it's good actually I mean if you look at the I don't know how many of our listeners have, have been onto the streams I'm sure most of you have mm. I mean there's some high quality and the Lancashire one, they've put a lot of resource into it. They've got quite a few young producers and camera operators. They've got a studio where they do a pre-match session as well, sort of looking ahead to the day's play. And they mix between cameras quite a bit. So it feels like quite a professional production. And they've got the likes of Bumble and Paul Allerton and so on, very experienced broadcasters to, to commentate. So it's brilliant. I was watching the Gloucestershire stream. Uh, last weekend for the, the match against uh, Surrey at Bristol, goodness me, that you you would have hated bowling goals. I mean, it was it was so flat. Uh, I think it was uh, over a thousand runs for twelve wickets, and and it rained on the Sunday. And there must have been every bowler in, in playing in that match must have gone. Thank goodness for that. We don't have to go out and bowl on the on the final day when a, a result was impossible. Anyway, let's hear from uh, more from Bumble now. We're going to hear quite a lot in this podcast uh, from David Lloyd. Something I witnessed uh, early this week on, on Tuesday was Liam Livingston hitting that incredible six off Mohamed Shami. It's amazing, isn't it, how you can get so much fame these days just for one shot. But anyway, hit, uh, those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do, caught up with it. He hit a 117-metre six. Um, massive blow into the leg side off a ball from uh, Mohamed Shami. He bowled really well earlier, but he absolutely took him apart as Punjab Kings you know, raced to victory in that final over. Anyway, we started with uh, Liam Livingston, and he is a cricketer that Bumble really, really likes. He is a top lad, and, you know, just on a serious note, he, he is a complete cricketer. He can play test match cricket, no problem. Yeah. But the biggest problem is that he is obviously earning a lot of money in the IPL, and that's, that's absolutely fine. But when he comes back, there's no county cricket for him to play 
and stake a place in the England team. He is a, he's a complete cricketer. And Key, Rob Key, if I know Rob Key at all, he wants tough characters. He wants tough people. He doesn't want flaky characters. Ben Stokes is from up that way, up Workington, YJ. Oh, yeah. They're as tough as old boots from up there. There's a lad at Surrey, Jordan Clark. He went moved from Lancashire. He's from up there. They, they don't take any prisoners. That, and they're tough cricketers. Yeah, mm. and, and so we're going back to somebody like David Steele, Brian Close. Not the best ever cricketers, but tough characters and can take a, take a hit. We, we had Liam actually on our uh, show a few weeks ago when he was in India. No, he was in Dubai at the time playing in the IPL, the earlier round of the IPL. And he was saying, I mean, sort of he, he said, the trouble is I don't play any red ball cricket really. And my <laughs> technique at the moment doesn't really work for red ball cricket. But I felt actually from watching him bowl as much as bat, yes. that he's got so much to offer. Yeah, I, I agree that, that he's a gun fielder. He's a useful bowler. Put, put it, put it. He's useful. You can use him if you're in a jam, and you'll get a few overs out of him. But I like the character. I know he's as tough as he. He don't, he don't take anything from anybody, um, and he, he he fits the bill, I think. But it, it's a. We will obviously talk about this aspect of, of domestic cricket. In that the IPL is absolutely fine. It's a wonderful tournament, but we haven't accommodated it. We we should have. We've got five rounds of county cricket during the IPL. And then when the IPL finishes, we've no county cricket for lads like Livingston to go into bang, 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 100, 100, 100 is in the test team. We don't have it. Bumble, you mentioned Rob Key. If, if, if I'd have said to you last summer, when you, know, when you were perhaps working with him, that next summer he'd be the managing director of English cricket, what would you have said? I would have been interested in, in, in the question, definitely, because I know that he would fit the bill and I think he is a good fit. I think he's a good fit, Rob Key. Because for many reasons, he, he won't get phased. He, he won't worry what people say. I think that's very important in that job. He, his only worry would be his golf swing and his putting stroke because his day job you should be competent enough to do it, and, and he will be. And so I would have been intrigued by the question and thought about it and, and gone, yeah, yeah, he'll do a very good job at that, and I'm sure he will. And it, it, the challenge is, as, as all of us know on this podcast, that he's got to get the right people in place. Now, he's got his captain, which was, which was a no-brainer. That was nailed on. He's got his captain. Now, He's got to make sure that his captain has got good people around him, particularly this captain, particularly Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes has got to be so confident in the coach and the coaching staff. So the next appointment is very interesting and he's got to go back to a national selector and that appointment will be very interesting. So he's got to make a move within the next two weeks, I would think. Do you have any ideas about, you know, if you said to him, well, who, who would be, I mean, you've done the job. I mean, you've done pretty much every job in cricket, actually, come yeah. to think of it, including fire people out of LBW uh, when yeah. you're an umpire. Have you, yeah. have you got any ideas who you, who you think would fit the bill? I, I have. Um, I, would, I would think that the outstanding candidate, and this is just a personal view, is Otis Gibson. 
and I think he's a, a really good man. He's very well experienced. He's well respected. And I think he, he, he would be a perfect fit for Rob, uh, for one, for Rob Key and two, for Ben Stokes. You know, he's, he's been around. He's done the West Indies. He's done South Africa. And so you, you're getting experience all along. There seems to be a merry-go-round, doesn't there? Like Mickey Arthur will go from one country to another and now he's in a county. So you're gathering experience all the time. What he, I mean, the, the bottom line is you've got to win cricket matches. It doesn't matter what you play. Uh, two steps forward, one step back isn't good enough. You've got to be consistently winning matches. Ponting is a non-starter, uh, which is a shame. He would have been really good, I think. A, another top man, a, a, you know, a brilliant man, really, really good man. And so, you know, it's who, who else is around? Who, who are the other uh, outstanding candidates? So, I mean, Rob's still talking about splitting the job, isn't he? And, and I mean, he's, he, I thought, what, what did he say? I, I mean, um, it, it's not set in stone, but there's a very good chance, basically, that that will happen. What, what, what would you have felt like when you were England coach, if you had a, you know, you were just doing the test team and someone else was doing the, I, got, can't rem- I actually can't remember if it was white ball then, Bumble or not, when you were in charge. Would it have been white ball? Or just yeah, 97, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. white ball, yeah. Well, one day cricket. Then. It was white ball. Um, it's a different era because they weren't centrally contracted and, you know, they'd turn up and play for England and then clear off back to the counties. But I would, I would think it would be a damn good idea to have split coaches, and I'm certain he's going to go that way, which means that the, and don't take this the wrong way, that the celebrity IPL coaches might be interested in just doing the white ball side of things. The the IPL coaches, these stellar guys who are around, would not be interested in taking the England job because, you know, they've got a nice number. It's absolutely fine. And the job that I will put my hand up for and... I will do it every time in the IPL, is mentor. I want to be a mentor to a team. What, you mean like a Sachin or someone then? You, oh, you mean- oh, our great mate, I, I mean, devastated that, that Shane isn't with us. And he was involved in IPL and all that. I said, Shane, if you do nothing else, put me in as a mentor. I said, it's the best job in the world, mentor to a cricket team. I want you to go out there and hit it into the next village. I want you to go out there and don't get hit for any runs. It's simple, mentor. Actually, it's funny, but you know, Joss Butler, he was a bit scared of, um, when he played for Mumbai Indians a while ago, um, their mentor was Sachin. And they had a couple of other sort of big names. I think they had Ponting around at the time as well and a couple of other people. And he said it was it was daunting coming back into the dressing room with these mentors. So they, they, they actually kind of almost made it intimidating rather than encouraging. So it all depends, I suppose, who that personality is and and what and in a way, whether you can respond to that. I mean, Joss, Joss is someone who likes being in sort of her family and being included. And he's not oddly, he's not the most sort of outspoken, confident guy, actually. I mean, probably a bit more now, but he actually found that that sort of environment a bit intimidating. You would have been perfect for him, though. You would have been brilliant for Joss. Well, I, I just think it's a hoot. It's a bit of, it's a hoot. It's a game of cricket, nothing else. And it's a dead simple game. Cricket's always been a simple game. Somebody balls it, you hit it. He tries to stop you hitting it for as very far. 
and people have to catch it. it it's such a simple game. I've got, I've got to mention that we were in Pakistan yonks ago, when, and I tell you how yonks ago, Andrew Flintoff is playing, and we were in the hotel in Multan, and it was a franchise holiday, holiday inn. And Andrew came in after the day's play, Jeffrey, our friend Jeffrey, he sat there in the foyer of an unfinished uh, franchise holiday inn, and he said, as Andrew walked past, he said, you're not but a slogger, you're just a slogger. <laughs> I carried on walking, Andrew, and he said, and how many hundreds have you ever got in 80 balls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can I hurt When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lancashire, you know, obviously you're uh, close to your heart and you're now working on the commentary of the stream of Lancashire. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what do you think of the county cricket that you've seen at close hand? Well, I'm a massive champion of county cricket and, and I would suspect you are too. And Simon, I'm sure is, because it, it gives you the opportunity as a player. It develops you as a player. It, it's everything that you need as a player to get better. And so I'm in 18 counties and I would not change that whatsoever. I've changed the format. Um, but working on lengths... I saw the Gloucester game. So, so let's look at Lank's attack. You need to take 20 wickets. They had a full international attack. Hassan Ali, Jimmy Anderson, Saki Mahmood um, and Parkinson. They got a full attack and got supplementary bowlers as well. They got two or three supplementary bowlers. It was terrific. We got Marcus Harris opening the batting and he had a private battle with Jimmy Anderson. And I thought this is full on cricket. And the other thing that I'm always interested in, are they fit? Are they fit? Are they strong? I want to see this bowler bowl his first six overs. And I want to see his pace at the back end of the day at 5.30, 6 o'clock. How's his pace? Everybody was bang on. The fielding was excellent. I thought it was a great showpiece. I'm, I'm on again on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to it. But I would never decry county cricket. I would 
shout and criticise from the rooftops the format of county cricket now. You know, I, do, I, I think it's doing a real disservice uh, to our cricketers. In what way? What, 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 would you, what would you do? How would you change the, the format? I would have three divisions of six teams, but the crucial part, I would play in summer. I think we've won the pools in this last four or five weeks when we've had hardly any rain. We've had a whole stack of runs. We've got double hundreds, hundreds, innings, defeats and so on. I can recall when I started playing, we didn't play until May because it was that wet and we didn't have covers and so on. But the format that I talk about is, I'm, I'm not too worried about the three divisions. I, I like three divisions as a conference with one up, one down, and you play 10 matches, but you play them in summer, in the summer months, starting, say, first week of, of May. And it gives everybody a chance because that's how you develop a player. That's how a player... You, when, you, when you're a young kid at 15-year-old, you want to play for England, if you're English. And the way to do that is through your county and to do well for your county. And then if you get hundreds, you'll, you'll play for your country if, you, if you're good enough. Actually, we, we, Embers, John Embry was on our club as well recently. And we were remembering that in August, when you played championship cricket, quite mm -hmm. often you'd play on a used pitch, which was used in May, and it would turn from, you know, first afternoon. And so yeah. I, I would bowl five overs with the new ball and then that's it. I didn't bowl again. And it was just the spinners. And you just, you don't, you never see that now, do you? But to, to get back to the point that, that county cricket, to me, is the be all and end all. You can put all the rest of it together. The T20 Blast is a hoot. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Yeah, I've seen this hundred this last year and it was great fun. But it's in the way. It's in the way. It's great fun. I, I can see that. I can see the fun element and people having a great time. But it's in the way. You can't have the 100 and T20, in my opinion. I suppose and the problem is, I mean, I suppose the, the one problem is, and I, I'm, I'm sorry for sort of touting a kind of tired argument in a way, but it's to try and get the new generation, the younger generation interested. And, you know, when you were playing for Lancashire, Lancashire in the 70s, you know, they were an absolute star attraction. They're brilliant players, Clive Lloyd and, you know, all those kind of characters, Fruke Engineer and you and all that, you know, great characters. And, you know, it was a draw, wasn't it, uh, for, for the community to come and watch Lancashire. The trouble is now people aren't drawn in the same way, you know, in, in, and so you've got to find a way of getting the next generation interested in the game. And that's what the hundred was trying to do: rebrand the game for a for, a, for the next generation. Yeah, it, I, I understand that, and it, I thought that T Twenty was doing that. And, yeah. you know, we're yeah. getting great T Twenty sellouts all over the country. So, you, you know, I, I get the hundred. I, I think it's the concept of a short, short terrestrial television being interested in getting it into a schedule. I understand all that. Um, but the, there should have been a wherewithal to, to do all that. Um, because let's face it, the, the board, the ECB, have spent an enormous amount of millions of pounds marketing the 100, so it had to do well. It, it, it would do well. There's no question that it wouldn't do well, but you, you've got to beware that it's it's actually in the way. You pushed back at him there, yours, didn't you, about 
the place the hundred has in the English season. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a debate that's going to go on and on, isn't it? Uh, you know, your point, of course, is that the hundred is attracting. Uh, new, a new audience to the game and Bumble's point is a perfectly valid one as well that you know it, does it being played at that part of the season uh, does it serve the England test team well and that's the you know it, as far as he's concerned that is the focus really of English cricket the England uh, test match teams I mean it's, it's it's a debate that's hard to win on, on either side really it just depends where you, you know what your view is and where you sit on it yeah I mean people think I'm an apologist for the hundred I'm not actually I liked the concept but I think it does totally take over August. In fact, I've got the, the Cricketer Magazine wall chart here uh, looking at the, the every fixture going on this season. And, you know, August is just coloured purple, virtually all of it, which is the 100. And it, Bumble is right as well about there being no championship cricket at the end of the IPL for the likes of Livingston and, you know, Joss Butler, Donny, Johnny Bairstow to play in when they return from India with the potential of trying to get back in the the England side. There's no championship cricket until the 12th of June, and that is after the beginning of the second test against New Zealand. And then there is a couple of championship matches in June and two or three rounds in July, which is better than in some yeah, years, it is. but nothing in August at all. And it just feels weird. I, I mean, me, you know, growing up, playing county championship cricket, loving it, loving the grounds and the variety of conditions and weather patterns and so on, you know, and now you have that whole month where there's no red ball cricket. It just seems mad. I, I, I like the, the idea of the hundred, but it, it's, it's become a sort of Frankenstein's monster that's sort of taken over. And you do need, I think, to spread the load of the, the red ball game much wider and much you know, more evenly across the whole year. Yeah. But that, of course, they you know inevitably what they want to play the hundred in a sort of concentrated uh, spell. While um, yeah, I mean, my argument is on. play them at the same time. Mm. You know, have the hundred going on, but have the championship, and have the championship well. going on as well yeah. at the same time. Because yeah. often it's it, it, it's that the way that the two formats are diverging. You know, quite often a lot of the the, the red ball specialists are not in the hundred anyway. Now, one thing that happens in the virtual cricket club. Uh, and we would urge you uh, to join. And if people want to join the Virtual Cricket Club, Yours, what do they have to do? They go to worldsbestcricketclub.com. And it's £6 a month to join, and you get a live interview once a week with a leading player or or character. Yeah, so worldsbestcricketclub.com. And you get a chance to ask questions, basically. We, We ask some questions, as you heard in the first half of this podcast, and then our members get a chance to ask questions as well and uh, Nick Baggett took the opportunity to ask uh, Bumble some questions on Tuesday about who could play uh, in the future for England I'm interested actually in your selection days actually when you're running the England team so again if it's okay a two-part question first part is kind of what would be your criteria for selecting a player what are you looking for in a player and just a bit of background, I, I work uh, part-time as a football scout, so we look at technical skills, mental skills, physical skills. So kind of what are you looking for in a player? And then the second part is, which players that haven't played for England yet do you think have those skills that should be in the squads going forward? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd always look at character, strong character. And, and just to, to get back to that time, I, I, I wasn't a selector. I, okay. I, was, I was for a little while, and then I thought, this is, this is not right. Um, when Raymond... Illingworth was the chairman of selectors and he was really really good and we had other people 
who were on that selection panel and I didn't think right as coach should be on there. So I removed myself. But what do I look for in a player? I'm always character. I, I, want, I like fitness. I think the fitness and athleticism has got to be there. Defensive technique. If it, we're talking about a batsman now, we're talking about yep. batsman. If I want a wicketkeeper, I'll go and ask Alan Knott or Jack Russell or Alex Stewart, tell, tell me if he's any good. Um, but from a, a pure batting perspective, he's got to have a defence. Now, three of the best players that I've ever seen, all West Indians, Gary Sobers, Vivian Richards, Brian Lara, explosive players, exuberant players, but they could defend. They could defend a good ball. And that class of player can change a game. They can switch. They can just switch and kick on. And so as he, as he got the ability to change gear. So your criteria for picking a test match batsman are varied. I want to know his character. I want to know his strength of character. I want to know his lifestyle. I'd like to know his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What happens to this guy? Can he defend? Can he kick on? And so there are probably about 10 questions that, that they need ticks. Tick, 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 tick. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be quite controversial just, just for a second. Yeah, it's good. I've, wa- I've watched Asib Mead since he was a, a young England cricketer, under 17s, under 19s. He's still having a net. He can't defend and he can't change gear. Now, he's got to come out of that. He's got to to be in the game situation. Does he understand the game situation? Because he can play. He can definitely play. But there's a difference between game head and practice head. And I've never seen one yet that in a proper match plays a shot and then keeps playing it 20 times, shadow shots, I've never seen one who's any good. Sachin Tendulkar, play, walk away. Play, walk away. Think about your next meal. Think about where you're going and then walk back in and switch on. And it's a knack. It's a switch on, switch off. Perfect. So, so which player has that that England haven't picked yet? Well, we, we chatted earlier and he's through no fault of his own. Liam Livingston has got that. I'm looking at younger players and I don't know enough about them, but I can tell you a couple who I like the look of. Harry Brook at Yorkshire. And I, I did a thing last week and I said, and I'm going to stand by it because I know a bit about this kid. I know a little bit about him. He's a pocket battleship. He don't take any mess from anybody. He's just got a double hundred. England are looking for a three. Josh Bohannon. And, and that, so, so now I'm saying character. I know his character. And so he'd get a massive tick on that. And he's got concentration. That's another thing, concentration. Can he concentrate? I mean, the concentration. As a batsman, you've only got one go. You make a mistake, you're gone. One of the great lines from Bob Woolmer. Bob Woolmer, one of the outstanding coaches. He asked a player and a very, very 
top South African player. When do you think you're in? Oh, when I get to 25 or 30, and he jumped straight in, he said, you're never in, because you only get one chance. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Well, let's just have a look at those uh, three players, Yoz. Now, something that really catches the eye about Josh Bohannon is his first-class average. Because one thing that we've, we've often seen with players who go into the England side is their, their, te- their first-class average is in the 30s, isn't it? Whereas Bohannon is, is a bit of an outlier uh, because his first-class average is 47.19. He's played 40 first-class matches thereabouts. He's only scored 400s. He got a big one, a, a big double, didn't he, against uh, Gloucestershire. So, yeah, I mean, and he went on the Lions tour as well. So he's obviously quite close. He's in there. He's in there thinking. He went on the Lions tour uh, to Australia uh, in the winter. Mm. He made a fifty in that game as well, which England didn't fare very well in, or the Lions didn't fare very well in. Uh, I really like him actually. I, I've, I've watched him play a little bit, and he's he's a small guy. You know, he's quite sort of slight, but he's a he's a real dynamo. He's, he's busy at the crease. He's got great balance. He's got an all-round game. He's compact. You know, there's no sort of big booming drives, a bit like Zach Crawley. It's more controlled, quite wristy. In a way, he's a little bit like Joe Root, a, a, a busier, sort of more, slightly more fidgety sort of version, I suppose. Root kind of glides around the crease, whereas I'd, I'd say Bohannon sort of scurries a bit more. But... He's got a really nice looking game. It looks very, um, you know, his defence looks sound. He's got lots of nice controlled shots. He's looking to rotate the strike. He's a, as a worker of the ball and a, a nice driver of the ball. I think he, he looks really talented, really good. Born in Bolton, product of the Lancashire Academy. Bumble also mentioned Harry Brook, who's having a magnificent start to the season. Only 23 years of age. He's already played... A one T20 game for England. Played one in the in the Caribbean. His his first class average is thirty three, but it's you know amazing start to the season he's had. Yeah, I mean you look at the scores uh, for, for this summer. He made a hundred for Yorkshire against Leeds Bradford University. Well, I know you you don't regard that as with much importance, but you still got to get the runs. And since then, his scores have been a hundred and one and fifty six not out Gloucestershire, eighty four and seventy seven not out against Northants and 194 against Kent. So his lowest dismissed score is 84 in six innings. So fantastic effort. A slightly lower first-class average, you know, in the 30s, but certainly obviously one to watch, undoubtedly. Yeah, and I'm sure he's he's in the frame, if you, if you sort of mean that, that he's one they are thinking about. Uh, what, what about Liam Livingston? Uh, you know, he, you made the point, he, in our virtual career club, a, a, Several months ago, he said, well, I'm, I'm not sure because of the way I'm playing in T20 and my, I've sort of made technical adjustments. I'm not sure that I'm up to sort of playing a top level Red Bull cricket. So, and, he, you know, he actually he, he did rule himself out, didn't he, of the going on the 
um, on the Lions tour in the winter. He needed a break. He'd been in, the, in all the T20 bubbles, making presumably lots of money in, in, in T20 leagues and smashing it around. Uh, his first class average is in the high 30s. Yeah. Uh, 38.36. And, he, and yeah. He, he bowls as well. He's a, an excellent fielder. Uh, we saw him playing in that match on Tuesday. He was everywhere. I mean, he was the boundary riding and the ball seemed to be going to him the, the whole time. And Bumble making the point that he's a, a tough cricketer. So mm. I suppose the question is, is, is someone like Rob Key just going to sort of break, break up the template, break up the mould? We looked at England and the West Indies and you, you, know, you could make an argument for all those batters playing in the first test. But I wonder whether there is going to be a, a sort of bit of a revolution in that England batting order or whether they're just going to say, well, you know, as I said, Best has made hundreds, Crawley made hundreds, obviously Root made hundreds, Stokes made hundreds. You know, you, you, your sort of line-up in Lees has just come into the side. Your line-up is, you know, perhaps it already is... It's, it's them to have another go, and then down the line they could they could be dropped. Listen, we're looking at a South v North contest here, I think, because Bumble likes his Northern lads, doesn't he? Mm. Livingston, Brook, uh, Bahannon, all of them up from up north. Um, at the moment, you've got the likes of Zach Crawley, Dan Lawrence, Ollie Pope, sort of verging on uh, getting back in the team. All Southern lads. Uh, Rob Key, uh, a teammate of Zach Crawley's or you know, a Kent colleague or whatever. So, you know, you, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that, that Rob Key will favour lads from Kent or Surrey, but there is an interesting dynamic going on there. All those players have very good, credible uh, records and uh, you know, decent claim to being included. Uh, I, I, I really like Livingston. I think he's a game changer. Uh, obviously, we don't know what he's going to be like in Test cricket, but... He's got that personality which enables him to transfer his skills to whatever the situation demands. I, I thought he was impressive, actually, as captain of the Birmingham Phoenix in the 100 as well. He seemed to command authority. He's in his late 20s, so, you know, he knows his game now. He's quite experienced. Uh, he's got that confidence of, of knowing what he's achieved. Obviously, playing Test cricket will, will need some adaption, certainly from his batting. But I think he's got very, very valuable bowling ability, uh, certainly as a sixth bowler, and that could improve. And I, you know, as, his batting is is brilliant. Uh, obviously, at the moment, we've only seen it thrive in white ball cricket. But someone who's got that hand-eye coordination and that understanding of the game surely would be able to adapt it to test cricket. Uh, he's now but a slogger. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Well, Jeffrey said that, didn't he? Earlier in the podcast, said that about uh, Bumble, that story, saying that about uh, Andrew Flintoff. And Flintoff coming back was saying, I bet you never scored 100 off 80 balls, um, which I bet he didn't, actually. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot There's a lot of you know, fascinating uh, selection issues ahead about that that batting lineup. I mean, that's, that, and that's the thing about the West Indies. Largely, it succeeded, didn't it? I mean, most most of them got runs, most of them got hundreds, um, but of course they they failed in the match that really mattered, the the the, the series decider, and Joe Root. Well, he he decided that he couldn't continue after that. Uh, I think it was a general feeling that he, he couldn't. But, it, you know, there were actually sort of some encouraging signs, although the pitches were, you know, very flat, weren't they, in the Caribbean? Mm. Apart from perhaps in that last test, there was a bit more in it uh, in, in that last test match. I mean, but it, the, the, it can't bring them falling in a heap like they did. The, the, there is so much ability in English cricket, and they didn't perform to their ability in either the Ashes or in the West Indies. And, you know, it, people kind of... We, we all 
well, not we all, a lot of people denounce county cricket and say it's not good enough, it's not fit for purpose. There obviously is some tremendous talent there, which these counties have themselves nurtured. I mean, I was chatting the other day to Jimmy Anderson down in uh, at the Aegeus Bowl. I was at an event, in fact, a, an event, a touching event for Sean Noodle, who, of course, played for Middlesex and Hampshire and has got Parkinson's disease and is really struggling uh, but he very manfully took stage this dinner and it was in to raise money for a charity in his name. And, you know, a lot of the likes, people like Jimmy Anderson turned up, uh, who was playing at the ground at the time. You know, and he just said to me that he's very impressed by the standard of county cricket, that the Hampshire, that the Hampshire, like Lancashire game was featured lots of top players on both sides and you know, virtually international class attacks in, in both camps. Um, it's just getting those players, the best players, the right players in the team, the England team, and getting them to perform a little bit better than uh, than perhaps that they have been so far. I suppose we've got a sweet spot at the moment, haven't we, where the England players are playing, and that that you'd think that would raise the <laughs> the standard of county cricket. So you know there is a bit of a focus. You know Stuart Broad's playing, Ben Stokes is playing, Joe Root's playing, Jimmy Anderson's playing. You know it, it does sort of raise the. The, the the quality level and therefore the, the interest level as well and then the, the counties are, re- are recruiting they've got you know quite a lot of Pakistan players are, are playing as well aren't they in in, in county cricket and Mohammed mm. Amir for example is playing down at, at, at Gloucestershire Shana Freedy yeah Shana Freedy Hassan you know Hassan Ali's bowling as well you know so that you know there there are players around at the moment they're they're in that sweet spot I suppose Pakistan players of course not allowed to play in the IPL that helps so they're they're obvious uh, targets uh, for recruitment. Anyway, what are we now, uh, Yoz? It's the uh, the fifth of May today, Thursday, the fifth of May. Well, in about four weeks, we'll be underway, won't we? In the the first Test match of the summer, it'd be fascinating to see who England uh, come up with, who they how they, how they build that team uh, for the the first Test match. And of course, the other thing about New Zealand, they they named their squad uh, this week as well. They named twenty, and they'll reduce that to fifteen. A few of their players, key players like Williamson, uh, like uh, Trent Bolt, Conway. Um, Tim Southey, you know, they're they're playing in the IPL as well. So whether they, you know, it sort of depends how far their teams get. Mm. Um, Williamson, the captain of the Sunrisers Hyderabad. I mean, they might qualify for the knockout stages, um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. And uh, but but last, who, who who was it last summer? Didn't play in the first test, but did well in the second. I think it was Trent Bolt. Did, it was, yeah. Didn't play in the first test, but they managed they managed that pretty well. It's it's probably uh, easier with bowlers, isn't it? Uh, I think it's harder with batsmen. And you look at somebody like Johnny Bairstow, who hasn't had a particularly brilliant IPL, having had not he's, at all. No. He's rediscovered his test match form, hasn't he, recently? But now back in the IPL, you'd think, well, you know, white ball destroyer, and actually anything but mm. for for the last sort of few weeks. So it, it's very difficult to be able to thrive in both formats as these formats diverge in different directions indeed okay well i think that's it uh, for today a, a month to go to that uh, first test match of the summer the sun is shining let's hope it continues uh, to do so thanks very much for listening goodbye for now yes thanks for listening and of course thanks to bumble as well for his contribution to this podcast and there's really only one piece of music we can leave you with Touching you Sports Social Podcast Network.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.